Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. Again, this is Crosstown Shootout Week, and with only Northern Kentucky and Dayton playing midweek games this week, I'm pushing all the coverage of Xavier and Cincinnati, that game to tip off this coming Saturday at three o'clock at fifth third arena. It's going to be an electric environment over there at Cincinnati hasn't been in front of a full Cincinnati crowd since before COVID the last time they played at fifth third arena, it was an empty crowd because of COVID Xavier's going to travel over there for the first time in front of a whole crowd since 2018. And I'm joined today by Rick Broering, the radio analyst for NKU, the publisher as it relates to this show, more importantly, of musketeerreport.com. Rick, let's get your overall thoughts on this Xavier team, where they stand right now after a win against West Virginia, a win that they desperately needed. I talked about it yesterday on this show, but how this Xavier team matches up with Cincinnati and what you saw that gave you some positive vibes out of Xavier going into this game against Cincinnati. I think the West Virginia win was really big for this team, but it might've been even bigger for fan confidence because everybody wanted to believe in what they were seeing from the Xavier team over the first few weeks. They beat Florida, which was a nice win, but I think everyone's kind of realizing that Florida teams finding themselves and really struggling a little bit. They play tough against Duke. They play tough against Gonzaga. They had the close loss to Indiana a a week earlier. So I think fans were excited about some of the changes, some of the improvements that they had seen in this group, but they needed a win over a quality program to really believe in it and feel good about it. Xavier finding a way not only to get that win, but to be down by double digits at one point, be down midway through the second half still and find a way to turn it on late and get an important win, get over that hump against West Virginia. I think it really added some confidence for both the fan base and the team. Xavier hasn't gone a week like this leading up to the shootout in over a decade. Generally, Xavier plays a midweek bye game leading into the shootout to take some attention away from the game and take some pressure off the players. If there's any media pressure that builds up, if there's anything else around the game, what you're thinking about is that next game, whether it's Southeastern Louisiana, whoever it is. But this year, there isn't a game. Cincinnati played on Sunday. Xavier played on Saturday. And now both teams go Monday through Friday without playing a game this week. Xavier had come off of that Portland trip where you're playing three games in four days. And then you go and you play West Virginia a week later. You have a lot of big time energy that you've been expending. And now you get a couple of days to reset yourself. How important do you think that is, Rick? Well, I think it was really important for this team just because of the way the schedule had fallen, where you have that trip out to the West coast, you play three games in four days, you come right back, you have a quick turnaround for that tune-up game against Southeast Louisiana. And then you have that really big game on the following Saturday against West Virginia. It just felt like bang, bang, bang. Plus you were dealing with Colby Jones coming back from an ankle injury through all of that. You had Adam Kunkel dealing with his concussion uh, after the Gonzaga game. So there were some things that this team just kind of felt like they needed a, a recharge, a reset, a refresh, after that West Virginia win, it was great to get that win, but now it's like, take a deep breath, have a few days to let your body recover, maybe a few days of easier practice, then just get a normal day or two worth the worth of practice in, which you probably haven't had much of 
for two or three weeks, really, because of all the travel. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're back and we have a day of practice, but one, you got to rest your body before the next game. And two, we're doing game prep for Southeast Louisiana and then game prep for West Virginia. So just having a day or two of normal practice before you get into the game prep for UC is probably as nice for this team and this coaching staff as anything. Let's talk about the game. Xavier is a team that has struggled to defend the perimeter this year, but we saw them do that a whole lot better in the second half against West Virginia than they did in the first half. West Virginia made seven threes in the first 20 minutes and was only two for 10 from three in the second half. Cincinnati has shown an ability to get hot from three this year. Their offensive numbers are skewed at points because they can score a lot of points. You've seen them put up 93 against Arizona. They scored 97 on Sunday against Bryant, but Cincinnati's also struggled offensively. They scored 53 points against Ohio State. This is a team, they scored 51 against Northern Kentucky. They scored 11 points in the second half of that game against NKU. There's been feast or famine at times this year with the Bearcats. So where do you think Xavier goes against a team that can get as hot as they can from three? Well, I think you nailed it on the head when you started that question with Xavier's perimeter defense has to be at its best in this game, because really the way that UC is going to beat you is getting their their perimeter players, David Julius, Landers, Nolly, maybe even Jeremiah Davenport, maybe Daniel Skillings off the bench going from the outside. And that's the one thing that Xavier's really struggled with is giving too many open looks up from the perimeter. And we've talked about this a lot on uh, musketeerreport.com, Paul, where Xavier's issue when it comes to giving up those open threes has a lot of times come as a result of them overhelping. Sometimes that might be against a drive because of the pack line defense. They really want to play in those gaps and offer a lot of help when uh, they're, they're in their man to man. Sometimes that's on a drive, but other times it's when the ball goes into the post and they've played a lot of really talented post players this year. And those guards will try to dig down and they're not going on a full out double team most of the time, but they're digging down. They're swiping at the big when he looks to dribble. And just sometimes that extra two or three feet of movement away from the man they're actually guarding at the three point line is all the space that's needed. A quick pass out to the perimeter and all of a sudden you've got a three right in your eye as you're a step late to recover to your man. That can be costly, and Xavier's really felt the the punishment of that this year, not only because of their style of play and the way they like to help, but also in some regards because of their physical deficiencies. Some of their guards aren't the, the most long or athletic guys, and that makes it more difficult to be in two places at once, dig down on a big and recover to a shooter at the same time. Well, let's look at the front court now for UC, where you have Victor Locken, but then not a lot of depth down there. And Xavier has Jack Nunji. They have Zach Fremantle. They have some big bodies that can go against Victor Locken. So what does UC have to do, or or maybe from the Xavier perspective, what can they do to exploit the front court? Yeah, I think that's really the matchup to watch, especially early in this game, is going to be how Xavier attacks that front court of Cincinnati. Because if Victor Locken gets in early foul trouble, I really have very little faith in UC's depth off the bench at that center position. So I think that is a big matchup to watch. And Victor Locken is a nice offensive piece. He's not a great defender. And Xavier has done a really good job of exploiting good matchups in the post, but also even when they don't have a great matchup, just making sure they're looking inside as often as possible and trying to even at times run like a cross screen play to free one of their bigs up on the baseline for an easy catch and finish. They do a really good job 
of getting their bigs touches and getting them in position where they're able to do something with the ball offensively. I think that's where Xavier is really going to try to exploit UC's defense early in this game. And the other thing that I would keep an eye on, Paul, is the transition offense for Xavier. UC likes to use that three-quarter court press. They don't get a lot of steals off it. They don't trap a lot out of it. They're just kind of trying to slow you down and make you start your possession later in the shot clock. But as a result of that, they've given up a lot of transition buckets, but also a lot of easy post feeds because they're overextended out on the perimeter. They're all running back. A big man's able to duck Victor Lock in deep in the lane, and there's not a lot of help defense for him there because they're trying to recover from the play from that pressure. And you're able to really get a lot of easy post feeds as a result. At least that's what I've seen uh, for UC's defense. I think it's something that Xavier is very good at. As somebody that called that game against Cincinnati for Northern Kentucky, you've seen Cincinnati play this year. Of course, you've watched them even outside of that game. What do you think of the job that Wes Miller has done with this team this year and this group of guys? Yeah, and I was at the the game against Bryant on Sunday too, um, sitting courtside there. So I've I've seen this UC team in, in person a few times now, and I've watched every game on video. And I think he does a really good job of getting the ball to David DeJulius and Landers Nolly in a position to do their thing and let the offense run through them. And that's really at their core who they are this year. My concern for UC is if those two guys aren't on or if a defense is doing a good job of stifling them and taking them away, where does UC turn at that point? I don't see like a lot of great off-ball movement or a lot of ball movement, period or a bunch of set plays that are freeing guys. And that's difficult to do if you don't have the talent. So I'm not putting that on Wes Miller, but I would just say that's kind of what I've seen from them is they do a really good job of getting their best players into spots and getting them enough shots. But if you're able to take away those top two options, they can really struggle offensively. And then defensively, I think I mentioned the the pressure uh, defense as, as it's something that they like to do, but at times it's been a big problem for them because they've been giving up too many easy baskets on the back end of that pressure. And I think that's something that Xavier will definitely look to exploit. When you look at this game overall, Rick, if you follow Ken Palm, you see that Xavier right now is only a two point favorite over UC. It's on the road. Xavier has a 57% chance to win that game. And that's the same percentage that they had to beat West Virginia at home on Saturday. Now they don't take into account that Rob Finnessy won't play in this game. John Newman will also not play in this game. And that's two of Cincinnati's best defenders, but this is clearly a game where the Vegas lines are always pretty close to the Ken Palm lines. And I want to get your thought on a game where you and I seem to think this could be a, a Xavier convincing win and for everything on the court and on the sideline, as you just talked about, seems to me like Xavier has an advantage pretty much everywhere in this game but it is at UC and it is a rivalry game and a game where if UC gets hot shooting could pose some issues. So where do you see that type of, I guess, dichotomy kind of matching up? Yeah, I think you, you said a lot of it right there. The way UC wins this game, in my opinion, is they get hot from the outside and they throw in some threes, which means Landers, Nolly and David Julius are going to play well. And you have the crowd become a factor. If the game is close into the second half, and as you get down to the stretch in the final minutes, the crowd will be a bigger factor, and that will help you see. They'll be able to feed off that energy. So if they have that, it, it, it definitely changes things in terms of the overall vibe and how you feel about UC's chances. But I don't know if they can get to that point to where it's a close game in the final minutes. I'll be very interested if the Vegas line is as close as Ken Palm is suggesting right now. 
I feel like that's going to be really good value for people who, who like Xavier in this one. Last question for you here, Rick, on this show. Is there anything that we haven't talked about in these 12 minutes? Is there anything that we haven't talked about, any keys, anything that you're going to be watching on Saturday afternoon that jumps out to you for either Xavier or UC uh, as a big key to this game? Anything we haven't talked about? I would say two guys to keep an eye on for Xavier. One, Adam Kunkel. He's a local guy. He's been around this area forever. He knows what this game means. We always talk about in this game, watch out for seniors in the shootout. Guys who have been around forever, who have something to prove in this game, they tend to step up in these situations. And Adam Kunkel kind of has that fearless, grittiness, toughness to him where he likes the big moments. He likes the big games. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he becomes the unexpected hero for Xavier in this game. So keep an eye on Adam Kunkel. The other name to watch here, I think, for Xavier is Desmond Claude. The freshman point guard is blessed with a ton of talent. He hasn't quite lived up to all of it yet. He's still finding his way. He's gaining confidence. They're they're giving him a bigger role with each passing game, it seems like, and, and he's getting more comfortable out there. When you look at UC and their lack of point guard depth, if Desmond Claude comes off the bench and really gives Xavier a nice boost, that would feel to me like uh, it adds a lot of pressure on that UC backcourt who's going to be playing a ton of minutes. It's like if they have this super athletic 6'5 freshman coming off the bench for Xavier that all of a sudden now they got to keep up with after already having to deal with Xavier starters and Sule Boom and Adam Kunkel it really could put some pressure on that UC backcourt. So those are the two guys I would be watching, Adam Kunkel and Desmond Cloyne. And one more for you. Um, you are making the trip with NKU. We have a healthy amount of Norse listeners to this show. So I'll give you a second here. You're making the trip out to Pullman, the Norse to play Washington State. Anything that anybody who's listening to this that is a Norse fan should be looking for in this game playing the Cougars? Well, I think the biggest thing with Washington State, they're currently ranked 66th in Ken Palm, and it's a Pac-12 team. So that's just an awesome opportunity if you're NKU to go out there. You've already beat UC at your place. To pull off another bye game win on the road this time would be just an incredible chance for the Norse. But in terms of the actual matchup in the game, you got to watch the the three-point arc for both teams. We know how important it is for NKU if they can get – Marquez Warwick and Sam Vincent and Trayvon Faulkner going from the outside. It's going to be much easier for them offensively, which they've struggled with at times this year. And on the other side, Washington state is a team that shoots a ton of three point three pointers in general that they, they have over 37% of their offense coming from beyond the arc this year. And they shoot over 37% from beyond the arc as a team. So they are a group that shoots it a lot and makes it at a pretty high clip NKU is going to have to do a great job defensively on the perimeter, something they've struggled with. Rick, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it, as always, and all the help you've you've done for me for this show. Thanks, thanks so much. I appreciate it. You're doing an awesome job. Keep it up. I appreciate it. Well, for everybody listening, uh, if you're listening for this uh, show here tonight on Tuesday night, Iowa and Duke play tonight. That'll be at 930 on ESPN. Just taking a quick look around the country. Duke and Iowa one to keep an eye on that's at Madison Square Garden in New York and the other game at Madison Square Garden tonight it's the game that'll happen before Duke and Iowa Texas and Illinois a really fun Tuesday night of college hoops Maryland and Wisconsin also playing at nine o'clock tonight that's in Madison Wisconsin at uh at at Wisconsin at the Kohl Center 
So some good games on tap here tonight for uh, the College Hoop slate. And just a quick look at the first net rankings. We're not going to read too much into this, but I know that when you're looking at the quad one, quad two games, that's how you figure it out at the end of the year. The first net rankings came out yesterday. Xavier was 48th. Cincinnati was 151. But again, you just can't read too much into that here early on in the season. The data just doesn't bear it all out right now. So again, thanks to everybody for listening to this show. I will have Mo Egger on the show tomorrow to talk this game from a UC perspective, have some great guests lined up for the rest of the week. Alex Meacham, former Cincinnati player, Brad Redford, former Xavier player. They will both be on Thursday's show. Adam Baum will be on this show later this week. Have a couple other people I'm texting that I'm trying to fit on as much as I can. So stay tuned the rest of this week. Should be a loaded one. Thanks again to everybody listening to the Rebound Rundown. Leave a rating and a review if you can, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.